For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1761. It's here! It's official! Today is the release day for Dooku colon Jedi Lost, the audio-only story that's been released by Lucasfilm via Penguin Random House Audio. And today, it's review day as well as what I promised you yesterday, some conversation about Leia and Rey in the Rise of Skywalker teaser. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode where we're going to talk about Dooku colon Jedi Lost. This is a non-spoiler review of the audio drama and we'll get into spoilers later this week, but for today at least we're going to talk about what the story is generally and how well a job they did with it. And of course at the top here I do have to thank Penguin Random House Audio for sending me a copy of Dooku colon Jedi Lost for me to check out prior to today's episode and prior to the release. It was very nice of y'all so thank you very much for that. And you could say in a way that it's a bit of an origin story. I mean, it's the origins of Count Dooku. And the top line summary talks about how as Dooku is courting a new apprentice, the hidden history, the hidden truths of the Sith Lord's background begin to come to light, that sort of thing. And so ultimately, it turns out that Asajj Ventress is this new apprentice he's courting. And the story itself actually allows Ventress to learn a lot more about Dooku's past. And we get to experience that through her eyes. And that, I think, is probably the most remarkable thing about this audio drama. And there are a lot of remarkable things about it, but the fact that Kevin Scott, who wrote the audio drama, is creating a story where Dooku is allowing himself to be vulnerable in a way that you would never expect any evil villain to allow himself or herself to be vulnerable. And yet that's exactly what he's doing. And with the job that he gives to Asajj Ventress, what's required of her to be able to carry it out is to do a lot of research into Dooku's background that Dooku, you know, freely provides the information for. And you get to see Dooku as a 10-year-old kid in the Jedi Order, as a Padawan, being accepted by Yoda as a Padawan, being, you know, vulnerable and failing and going through, you know, all of these different trials and tribulations and... Yeah, it's, it's rather stunning that he would give anyone, let alone his apprentice, who, you know, ultimately is just going to look to use this information to kill him, you would think that he would allow that level of information to be available to her. So that creates its own tension and its own drama. And if you're a fan of Asajj Ventress and or the Clone Wars series and or the Dark Disciple novel by Christy Golden, well then you're in for a treat because you're going to learn a lot more about Ventress's backstory as well. And you're going to get to hear a familiar voice, the voice of her old Jedi Master before she fell to the dark side, Kai Narek, who is also part of the full cast narration. And 
You know, a word about that too. I mean, not every Star Wars novel gets a full cast narration. It's pretty rare. I mean, basically the things that get full cast stuff are Ian Desher's Shakespearean adaptations. Like those are the things that tend to get full cast narrations. But they pulled out the stops for this one. And I think it's because the whole idea of this is supposed to harken back to the radio dramas that were on NPR back in the 80s. And as for the cast, I mean, there are a dozen cast members listed doing the narration for this drama. And they include some names that if you listen to Star Wars audiobooks, yeah, they'll be familiar to you, like Jonathan Davis and January Lavoie and Mark Thompson, who does the voice of Yoda in this one, and who does it so well that scorekeeper Declan actually asked me if this was the real Yoda from the movies. And I had to say, no, it's not Frank Oz, it's Mark Thompson. But, you know, he's heard Mark Thompson do other audio narration as well and he was duly impressed but the entire cast I mean they actually have to do voices of young characters as well as their older maturing and adult counterparts and they do a slam bang job of it and we'll get into more of the details in the coming days but for now I just got to say that you know if you've ever wondered about Dooku and his fall from grace well this is a very satisfying story that reveals as much as you wanted to know there's always going to be more that you want to know naturally but you know as far as the story goes for it they do a darn good job so congrats to Kevin Scott and the entire cast of Dooku colon Jedi Lost. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then let's talk Leia and Rey. Stay tuned. Hey there. If you're enjoying all the coverage that I'm bringing you from Star Wars Celebration and what I do every single day for you at Star Wars 7x7, I hope you'll consider putting something in the tip jar at patreon.com slash sw7x7. $1, $327, or more. Honestly, every little bit helps, and every little bit is just as exciting as every other little bit. Please consider supporting me in the work of delivering Star Wars stories and interviews to you on a daily basis at patreon.com SW7X7. Welcome back. All right, so Leia and Ray. First of all, I have to give a little credit to Pam Johnson, who is a patron of the show, a wonderful supporter. And she's the one who pointed out to me that there has been at least one commentary pointing out that the music in the Rise of Skywalker trailer is all variations on Leia's theme, which I had not picked up on, but I think is absolutely beautiful and speaks to, of course, the idea that this was supposed to be her movie as well as being a wonderful tribute to Carrie Fisher. So there's that, you know, go ahead and watch the trailer again and just start welling up as you think about that. But from a practical standpoint, one of the things that I tried to understand and I'm very puzzled about and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this too, is just where the scene is that they are hugging, where is it taken from? Where are Leia and Rey hugging? So, you know, there was never a funeral scene for Han Solo in either The Force Awakens or The Last Jedi, and it's in the novelization for The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson has been on record as saying that they didn't put it in the movie because they thought that from a pacing perspective, that it just didn't work. And I suppose that suggests that maybe he did film one, but, you know, kind of the way that the interview with Collider went where this quote came from, it doesn't sound like it was actually filmed necessarily, but it seems like if it came from a deleted scene, like it's 
possible that it's from The Last Jedi. And the reason why I think that is because of the fact that Leia is wearing in, you know, when you see her hugging for Rey from, when you see from Rey's perspective, you see Leia's arm around her. And there's a set of bangles of wrist cuffs on Leia that she does not wear in The Force Awakens, but she does wear in The Last Jedi. It's a bit confusing though, because it looks like the outfit that Leia's wearing is her more practical vest and jumpsuit uniform situation from The Force Awakens, and she has earrings on that were included in one of her promotional posters, and it's actually the earrings that she's wearing at the very end of The Force Awakens when she has the gown on and she's sending Rey off to Octo. And yes, we're seeing Rey in that tunic with the hoodie on it that we see in the Rise of Skywalker teaser, but it's also the same one that she wears at the very end of The Force Awakens slash the very beginning of The Last Jedi. She just happens to have a jacket that's put over it, and if you look at the back of that jacket, you can kind of see a little like bulgy area in the back that could cover where the hood would go. But the one difference is that she has, Rey does, a leather cuff on her upper arm, in the Rise of Skywalker teaser, and it would be in the place where she got cut with the lightsaber during, or, you know, cut during the battle, uh, the lightsaber battle in The Last Jedi, and she doesn't wear that leather cuff at any other point in The Last Jedi. So, how does she suddenly have that on in this scene? Unless it was, you know, filmed after the fact, or they, you know, did a little, you know, post-production magic and put that cuff around her arm, which, you know, that's certainly not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, that seems to be the, the best explanation I can come up with for when this was actually filmed, where it was taken from, how they are going about the business of taking footage they shot with Carrie Fisher and including it in The Rise of Skywalker. So that is my top line look at that scene. I'd love to hear your thoughts about it as well. And that is going to do it for today's episode of the show. So thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademarks and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See JDPower.com awards for 2022 details.